of the Four Star Sports Show. Westbrook, John Sturvett, Raymond McKenna, Nathan Wilson, Kristen Johnston, everybody's in the room this morning. Hope everyone is doing well. Hope everybody's having a good weekend so far. Uh, got a pretty jam-packed show for you this morning. Uh, John, let's get into the very beginning of it. Uh, so, obviously, we've got some uh, NFL football games this weekend, man. Uh, let's uh, just briefly go over these games and also want to talk about a special interview we're going to have this afternoon. John, go ahead. Well, first off, I want to say um, we lost some good legends this week, and Larry King and uh, Hank Aaron, by the way, as well, since yeah. we're talking about sports last news a little bit. And uh, – I do want to say uh, prayers to one of our special guests, one of our close friends that we know from the show, uh, Ryan Latterly, prayed for uh, his family as well because they lost his uncle uh, this week uh, as well. So prayers to the Latterly family on that. But uh, I just want to start off with the Larry King and Hank Aaron because Hank Aaron was the greatest role models for a lot of people growing up. Yeah, uh, yeah football, you know, starts back tomorrow. It'll be an interesting day starting at. 205 and maybe in a big snowstorm in Green Bay, Wisconsin, where maybe Tom Brady will take a Super Bowl possibly back to Raymond James Stadium and the first time ever where a Super Bowl team would host a Super Bowl in their home stadium. So that'd be interesting. And then later on that night, um, you got Patrick Mahomes, who is finally cleared from concussion protocol, playing uh, Josh Allen in the Buffalo Bills. And their defense could be basically putting a lot of pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Could be the difference of that ball game, because you do not want to give Patrick Mahomes pretty much all day to throw the football. It's, I know everybody's gonna be throwing the plays out of the you know like fourth and inches like good old Big Red did last week, and I'm like a shotgun on fourth and inches at the end. Nobody predicted that, but you know football season. Is coming to close to being close to an end, but September will be here before we know it. Yeah, you're right. It will. Uh, Raymond, when you look at the games this week, uh, what excites you about these two NFL games? What excites me are the quarterback matchups, especially in the frozen tundra of Green Bay. You have Tom Brady, Father Time, versus Aaron Rodgers, who who does not throw a lot of picks, and. Um, this will come down to the wire, I believe. But I think Brady, with his experience with um, postseason comebacks, will lead the Buccaneers home to the Super Bowl. This is an exciting matchup, Brady and Rodgers. I mean, you Definitely. can't really get much better than that. Uh, like uh, Raymond said, Father Time, is is this going to be Brady's last run if he can make a run? Um but it doesn't seem it doesn't seem like Rodgers is really slowing down. He just won the MVP, um, so wouldn't make much sense for him this to be his last year. But um, you know, it 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 does favor the Packers because it is you know in the colder weather. Tampa Bay is not a cold place, um, and with the uh, Bills and Chiefs, huge. Uh, huge news you know getting uh Mahomes back yeah. it will be interesting to see if he's 100 percent. but you know uh, even if he's not I'm sure it's better than what they had at backup um but I do expect that to be a good game it will be interesting to see how the defense for Buffalo 
how they if they get in uh, Mahomes' head any. Um, I have a feeling Buffalo pulls this game out. I don't – I just – I think they're on a mission this year. And I think, uh, you know, they're one of those teams that I think it's just meant to be for them this year. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously the two quarterbacks – I mean, the this, the two matchups, we look at the quarterbacks uh, first and foremost. Uh, to me, Josh Allen – uh, is one of the most impressive quarterbacks I've seen in his second, third year uh, in a long time. Um, but that matchup between him and Mahomes uh, is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be it was, it, it was a lot of fun the first time they played, uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun the second time. Uh, Nathan, if you're available down there, uh, what do you uh, what do you think about these two matchups, and who do you think might get the wins? Oh, man. Uh, so, started off with the QB matchup, you know, Josh Allen against Patrick Mahomes. I'm kind of glad that, you know, Patrick Mahomes is back in this game because otherwise it wouldn't be much of a <laughs> much of a playoff game if he wasn't. Uh, I think you're going to see two quarterbacks come out. I mean, you got the defending Super Bowl champs, the Chiefs and the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes going up against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. I mean – the Bills have done a lot this year, and so I feel like they're going to – I honestly feel like this is going to be one of the best games to watch. On the other end, you got the Bucks with Tom Brady against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. I mean, I know Packer Nation is excited about this. They're ready for this game. Uh, I know the Buccaneer fans are excited too. You know, uh, I can't – I think the last time I seen the remember seeing the Bucks in the Super Bowl was – Back when they played, uh, I think it was the the Raiders, I believe. Yeah, John Gruden. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this is going to be a big game. Yeah, wow. uh, I was a kid. I remember watching that when I was a kid. Right. So, I mean, so I mean, you look at it, you look at the matchups on both ends, but I do believe uh, if I have to make a pick on this, I mean, I, I see the Buffalo Bills and the Green Bay Packers in the Super Bowl. I really do. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers can is going to prove why he's an MVP in, in the Packers and the Buck game. So that that's that's my what I believe it is coming out of this playoff game. You know, Wes, talking about the the first matchup where Tampa Bay actually beat uh, Green Bay thirty eight to ten. Both quarterbacks really had this struggle in that game as well. They did. Where Brady was seventeen to twenty seven. Uh, for 166, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, while Rodgers probably played his worst game of the year, mm-hmm. <clears throat> 16 to 35 for 160 and two interceptions. So ever since that game, to me, Aaron Rodgers has been the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I I, I completely agree. Uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is MVP for a reason, uh, and and like we've talked about all year long, when you look at the Green Bay Packers, besides Devontae Adams, I really don't know of anybody else that's a real weapon. Of course, last week, the guy who caught the big catch was uh, Lazar down the middle. And well, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers <clears throat> knows how to get the most out of his receivers. I don't know how he does it, but, you know, he's never had a – he's never had a, like, outstanding receiving core in his career. I mean – He's had a couple good receivers here and there, but like you said, it's just not a lot of big names out there. No, at all. And I mean, just 
it's very similar to what Tom Brady had to do with New England in the, in the in his latter years in New England. He didn't have the Randy Mosses anymore. He didn't have. But I mean, then if you all right, let's flip it over to Tampa Bay real quick, and then we can we can get into our picks uh, and our college basketball part of the show. Um, also, just want to plug uh, uh, a three o'clock interview today. will be live with Danton Bartow, uh, former Memphis Tiger, uh, the all-time tackle leader for the for the University of Memphis. Uh, I don't. I think that's the record that will never be broken at the school. Uh, but he also uh, had a little bit of time in the NFL, so we're going to get him on this afternoon at three o'clock, uh, from three to around three forty-five, uh, to really get in deep to this uh, NFL slate for this weekend. But um, when you look at Tom Brady, guys, look at who he's got. I mean, he's got Mike Evans, who is essentially his Randy Moss. You've got um, who's the who's the who's the slot receiver receiver? Um, um, Isn't it Mike Evans? Mike, Mike, Mike Evans, Evans is, yeah. They've got another. No, I mean, no, no. I'm <laughs> saying, I, yeah, Mike Evans is basically his Randy Moss. Then you've got Godwin. Gronk is Gronk. That's Gronk. and look at look at Leonard Fournette. The, this is Honestly, something that I really want to talk about just for a quick second. Leonard Fournette has completely turned his season around with Tom Brady at quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think I don't I don't think Tom Brady feels stressed when he knows he can turn around and hand the ball to an absolute beast in Leonard Fournette. Yeah, I think he finally found a perfect. I mean, he's playing with the the goat of all time in Tom Brady, but to me personally, even if Tampa Bay still had a decent quarterback without Tom Brady. Maybe, you know, I'm still thinking Leonard Fredette has finally found a decent team to play with in Tampa Bay. Yeah. Because yeah. everywhere he's been, he hasn't had a decent quarterback at all. Even with the Jets at one time, I think before he got cut, they didn't have a decent quarterback. So, I mean, he, he's doing a Peyton point. Manning, if we're going to be honest with you. I mean, Peyton was at the Colts, then went to the Broncos. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we have to put it, but here's yeah. my question real quick. Uh, this is actually flipped over to the Kansas City game. Is there an update on the uh, on the running back for Kansas City, Clyde? Bell, Le'Veon Bell. I think, I think he's still questionable. Yeah, he is. Is I he mean, still questionable? Boring. I know. He's still questionable. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Nathan, can you tell us real quick, you're in Kansas City this week for that, you know, crazy football game for work. Yeah, but uh, since you're like, right, you're actually wow, like, right, yeah, since you're like actually like right across the stadium where you were yeah. actually working at, but um, while the game was actually going on, probably, but uh, didn't right you when say, I ended is when, yeah, didn't you say some death threats actually happened this week? Some what death threats regarding the Cleveland Brown football player? <laughs> all, right, so, about that? all right, so apparently, uh, through the uh, you know, a little, uh, not really a source, but uh, <laughs> through social. Uh, Matt, Mac Wilson is the guy that hit uh, Patrick Mahomes, gave him the concussion. <laughs> well, after that, he started receiving death threats. Yeah. He was starting to receive threats from, uh, from other, from, you know, Kansas City fans. And there was also talk that uh, I, I want to say it was Patrick Mahomes' mother, if I'm right. Uh, said something about how that was a dirty play and all this kind of stuff. But yeah. the thing about it, it's football. I mean, concussions happen. Yeah. <laughs> and even the hit, I mean, yeah. you, when he got up, you knew he, he had a concussion, but that wasn't a dirty tackle, though. I mean, that was 
yeah, yeah. bring him up down by any means. That's, it's not like he body slammed. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, when I was down there for the game, yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> the, even though Kansas City won, all of the Kansas City fans were worried about Patrick. You know, <laughs> they put, a, they were trying to put faith in this backup quarterback that they got. But so, but it's just, uh, it's just one of the moments. I mean, it's, it's, it's football. <laughs> Anything can happen. Yeah. And the Browns love their football, though. The fans yes, they do. Uh, they do. Yeah, they are <laughs> some rabid football fans for sure. Hey, Nathan was with them. <laughs> yeah, I was. They were staying in my hotel. I was with them all. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, I, I've I've now realized what Cleveland Brown fans are like. And trust me, <laughs> they they are they are rowdy they are a rowdy bunch, man. The dog pound. <laughs> yeah, they're all about that football. Look, I thought, and look, I'm gonna be honest with you. I thought, you know, Dallas Cowboy fans were big and you know loved their team. No, compared to a Cleveland Brown fan, <laughs> it's a whole different ball game. That's why uh, that draft they uh, was John, a success. That was a great movie too, uh, John. When you look at the bad college basketball uh, slate for this weekend, what about our picks? I thought we'd go that. I think it. there's some great matchups, huh? We're doing picks or no for football or no? Oh yeah, my bad, my bad. Oh, uh, all right, uh, John. I'm gonna go with like Nathan said. I think Buffalo it takes it over. I, okay, Buffalo over Kansas City, twenty-seven okay. uh, to about let's say twenty. I think, you know, okay. it's going to be a defensive slugfest in a way a little bit for a little bit. I think Kansas City's defense is still questionable, though. Um, I think Green Bay, 35. Tampa Bay, 27. Okay. All right, Raymond? All right, so in the AFC, I have a very close, but Buffalo would uh, pull out and pull out eventually uh, down the stretch, 27-24. Uh, Okay. And what then in the it? NFC, um, I have Tampa upsetting Aaron Rodgers in the tundra. No. <laughs> Christian, what about you? Yeah, I'm with Raymond on the Buffalo game. I just think, like I mentioned earlier, I think they're just focused and ready to ready to make the Super Bowl. I think uh, their fan base, <laughs> I think the team, they understand uh, how much a Super Bowl would mean to that city. I mean – they, they've been, they've come up short in the past, and they would really love a Super Bowl. And I think they have a Super Bowl team. Um, but uh, you know, obviously, it's not going to be easy beating the Super Bowl MVP, uh, defending Super Bowl champion Mahomes on the other end. So they're going to get all they can handle. But I think uh, Buffalo wins a close game in Kansas City. Uh, and then for the Tampa Bay-Green Bay game, that's a game that's just – it's hard to pick against either quarterback, really. Yes. In that one. It's it's just one of those games where you – you know, I mean, like I said, they're both great quarterbacks, but who has more to play – I mean, who, who has more to play for? You know, Aaron Rodgers, of course, he's not young. He's want, he wants another Super Bowl on his resume. Tom Brady is the GOAT. He, of course, he wants another Super Bowl. This is an exciting matchup. The um, 
I do think I have to give the edge to Green Bay at home. Um, Aaron Rodgers, yeah, he's just a certain. He's a he's a master. I mean, he just he cut through that Rams defense uh, last last week. So, and Tampa Bay doesn't have an outstanding defense. So, it'll be an interesting game. I got the Packers at home. Packers Bills in the Super Bowl. Nathan, what about you, man? All right, so, like, I mean, I agree with everything uh, everybody's saying about the game. Uh, you got two great teams going at it. I mean, you go back to the Buffalo Bills and the uh, – and, you know, Kansas City. You got two good quarterbacks. You got Stephon Diggs over there with Buffalo. You got Tyron Hill over there with uh, Kansas City. I mean, two good quarterbacks, two good receivers. I mean, it's, it's going to be – it's going to be one of them games that's – it's going to be an offensive game, I believe. I mean, it's going to be whatever defense shows up and stops the, <laughs> stops the other. But uh, you know what? I, in that game, I'm going to – I'm. you know what? It's, it's a hard game to choose. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to flip a coin right quick. Let me see what it lands on. All right. So, I got Buffalo <laughs> Bills. I got Buffalo Bills on this one. You give me the Bills on this one. Uh, the Packer uh, Packers game against the Buccaneers. Uh, not a big fan of Tom Brady, but – I mean, he is the goat. I mean, he is—he's great. He's a great quarterback, and uh, he always finds a way to to win, even even when you doubt him. Uh, but I mean, Aaron Rodgers, though. I mean, you got to look back at the board putting—you can't leave two minutes on the clock. If there's two minutes left in the fourth quarter and Aaron Rodgers gets the ball, <laughs> he better get ready because it's going to be over. So I'm going to go with my my. My first one, and I'm just going to say it's it's uh, Green Bay and the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl coming up. Uh, I agree with the Buffalo Bills selection. Uh, I think Buffalo Buffalo is a city, is a franchise that wants this, that needs this. Um, I mean, if you go back to the to the Jim Kelly days when they were, you know. They got there, they got there, they got there. They just couldn't get over the hump. Um, Buffalo, I think, is a team primed. Same thing as Tampa Bay. Long story short, I think it's going to be Tampa Bay hosting at home against Buffalo, and that matchup is going to be absolutely amazing to watch. Uh, that will probably be – I mean, I think that can be one of the biggest viewership Super Bowls we've had in quite some time just because of the parity – of it and two teams that typically would not be there uh, getting a chance to match up. So, yeah, I think when you look at this uh, matchup this weekend, it's going to end up being Tampa Bay. I think they'll go to the Tundra and get the win. I think Brady is just on a mission right now. Um, and when you look at uh, Josh Allen and Buffalo, you got to look at that offense, but you also got to look at that defense. That defense is hungry. Buffalo's defense is one of the best in the league, as we know. Um, it's going to be a, a very, very, very good and fun weekend on the NFL slate. Moving on to college basketball, we've got some very exciting games this weekend. Uh, we all picked three games to kind of uh, pick and go over. Um, I will go ahead and start with my three games. Uh, Nathan, the first game will kind of excite you a little bit. You've got the logo behind you there. Um, 
My first game this week is going to be Mississippi State taking on Alabama. Uh, this is going to be a very exciting game in uh, the SEC today. Uh, of course, as we know, Alabama is just shooting lights out right now. Uh, they're, they're one of the fastest teams in the country pace-wise. Uh, also, I read a stat this week that they take – they shoot the ball an average of 14 seconds. I mean, that's fast. I mean, that's really fast. Um, as we saw last week with Alabama against LSU, uh, they shot the three ball. Just they were unconscious from behind the arc. Uh, but when you look at Mississippi State, this team's a good basketball team. Mississippi State's going to give them fits today. I think Alabama will come out with the win. I think Alabama may be uh, the best team in the SEC. Um, and I, I don't think anybody would really argue with that right now. Um um, but uh, Raymond, I know you're a big Bama fan as well, but who do you got Mississippi State, Alabama, man? Well, as I look at Alabama, they are having their best start since 86-87 conference play um, with the performance against LSU the other day with uh, 23 threes. Um, but I believe it's a rec SEC record. They're just rolling right now um, at home against Mississippi State. I believe Alabama will pull out the win in this one, not by single digits, but around 10 to 20 points, give or take. All right. Christian, what about you, man? Yeah, uh, I just don't see how you can pick against Alabama. Eventually, they're going to cool down. Somebody's going to beat them. I just don't think it'll be Mississippi State this week. Um, it's one of those deals where – Alabama shoots the ball really well, and, uh, you know, eventually they're going to have a game, but that an off game. But right now, like you said, Wes, they clearly the best team in the SEC, and they look poised to be – I mean, I know it's early, but they can make a real run at this March Madness if they, uh, if they, uh, if they wanted to. I mean, this is a team – I mean, obviously Gonzaga is the best team in the country, but I don't think Gonzaga would want to even play Alabama at this point. But, yeah, give me the Crimson Tide by, yeah, 10 points at least. I mean, that's generous compared – I mean, Alabama's been beating people by 20, 30. It's – hadn't even been close. Yeah. Right now, Prakatalshi has them as a three-seed that's, I think I think that's about right, honestly. Yeah. And, I, and I mean that—that's as of right now. That's not including the rest of the season. I think Correct. I think Alabama has the potential to end up being a one seed in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever seen that in my lifetime. And I'm thirty-five. Yeah, several dominoes have um, to fall for that, but it is possible. Yes. Yes. It, it, there, but there is a possibility. Uh, John, what about you, man? Uh, Alabama and Mississippi. Did you, pick Tampa, did you pick uh, Tampa Bay, by the way? <laughs> Do what now? Yes. Okay, then, so you're going over your Green Bay Packers. Okay, cool. Um, Mississippi State hosts Alabama, or is it at Alabama? I forgot. It's at Alabama. It's so at Alabama's – okay, so Alabama is favored by 11. Yeah, Christian, you made a good point. You said this was probably like a 10 to 12-point game. And I think, you know, to be honest with you, I think, you know, Mississippi State did lose a tough one the other night against Ole Miss. Oh, with Ole Miss being an up and down year, 
So this one's different though, because it's at Alabama. And Alabama shoots lights out from the three ball. Uh, they're going to be tough to beat or tough to beat. So I'm definitely taking. Yeah, I'm taking Alabama at home. All right, Nathan. What about you? Go ahead. You when you just chalk you up as Alabama, you just want to write you in. Well, I, I just want to say something right quick before before we before I you know I make my obvious pick. Uh, <laughs> Petty, John Petty Jr., Alabama uh, guard, put up seven threes in that game against LSU. I mean, it was like and anybody that watched the game, it was like they could not miss from that three point line. Yes, I was, it, it was unbelievable. Yeah, it was yeah. a team. It was like the team couldn't miss. Yeah, it was, right. It was. I mean, crazy. and they were hitting, and you gotta understand, they they were coming into the game with that with the injury too, because one of the uh, star players was injured. So for them to come in, even with one guy out, they still took over. I mean, and it, it I can't remember the last time I've seen Alabama basketball play like this. I mean, last year, you know, I had high hopes for Alabama going into SEC tournament. Of course, like everybody, all got mad when they canceled the whole tournament. Uh, but yeah, dude, I mean, give me Alabama in this. I mean, it's they're they're on they're on a winning spree, and I, I don't see it lightening up anytime soon. Do you do you think their success has a lot to do with the Nate Oates, their coach? I think he's oh, definitely. definitely. Uh, he, 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 is, he is by far the best guy they could have picked to be a head coach yeah. at Alabama <clears throat> in basketball. Yes. I mean, he's a great – he's a great coach. He knows what he's doing. He knows, you know, he knows how to win. So, yeah, I mean, Nate Oates, I mean, I, I think that he, he made a name for himself, I mean, already. But when he came into Alabama, a broke-down basketball team, and made it into what it is right now. That that's a, that says a lot as a coach, on what kind of coach you are to come and in and build a, a and, build a, yeah. And he's a hell of a recruiter, also. Oh yeah. Well, Me and too. he's also a hell of a motivator because if you can walk into a program like Alabama, who let's be honest, uh, what was the guy's last name? Johnson. Uh, Avery, had, Johnson. Uh, yeah. Avery Johnson. Avery Johnson. Avery Johnson. Johnson did not do a bad job at Alabama. I thought he was fairly mm-hmm. successful there. Um, but uh, they were at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to SEC. Uh, yeah. yeah, this guy's a great motivator as well. So, uh, up next, we've got 2 o'clock tip-off, so, 2 o'clock central. Say, so, so, who'd you pick because I stepped away? Alabama. Okay, and Brandon's got Mississippi State, by the way. Okay. Um, up next on the 2 p.m. central time there, Raymond. It's 3 out there where you are, buddy. Yep. Uh, 2 p.m. slate today. We've got number 20, Clemson Tigers coming in at 9-3, and three, traveling down to Tallahassee to take on the Florida State Seminoles at 8-2. and two. Uh, I think this is a huge game today in the ACC Conference. Um, when you look at these two teams, uh, right now the points leader for both teams is Amir Sims for Clemson is a forward, leading with 12.3 points per game, shooting about 54 for which is pretty daggum good. Uh, Florida State, on the other end, is uh, MJ Walker. He's a guard, averaging 14.9 points a game, shooting about 44%. Uh, Clemson's playing really good football – or, sorry, basketball, but uh, so is Florida State. Give me Florida State in this game today at home against Clemson. What about you, Christian? Yeah, uh, you know, if this was football, I would say Clemson definitely, but this is this is going to be an exciting matchup. Um both of these teams, I mean, Clemson coming in nine and three, Florida State eight and two. Florida State is favored by six and a half. 
Ooh. You know, it's 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 one of those games where it's a toss up, and I'll I'll go with the home the home team in this one, Florida State. Very fair assessment, Christian. And um, Florida State is indeed a six and a half point favorite. Florida State's at home. They're going to have the home crowd in this one for a good robbery. I have Florida State in this one too. Hi, John. Go ahead. Um, yeah, y'all, Christian made a good point. They're about even on stats wise because both teams like to do the offensive rebounds and crash the boards pretty well. One team averages eight rebounds on offense, one team averages nine offensive rebounds a game. So they're about even. So, like we talked about in years past, you know, Florida State always seems to play well at home, no matter what sport it is, you know, baseball, basketball, football. So, um, we'll take Florida State at home as well. And so will Brandon. All right. What about you, Nick? All right, so um, look at looking at the stats and everything of each team. Uh, you got Florida State coming off a, a big win off of Louisville. Clemson coming off a loss against Georgia Tech. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Give, give me Florida State in this. You know, I think they. Uh, I think they're going to pull up this little. This little upset and everything on uh, Clemson today. Clean sweep. Get the brooms up. Oh, All right. Yeah. Well, maybe their basketball team can do something that the football team couldn't even get on the field to do. Um, that was wait, 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 wait. Now, Wes. That was a shot at Mike Norvell, by the way. I know, but Florida State. I'm telling you, Mike Norvell. He's bringing them back, dude. I'm telling you, it's coming. I know he is. I know he Slowly is. Slowly but surely. I'm telling. Taking nothing from the man, trust me. All right, up next, we've got uh, another big game. Well, I picked some good games this week, fellas. I picked three daggum good games. Up next, we've got number, 15, <laughs> number 15, Ohio State, traveling to number 10, Wisconsin, today on CBS, 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. your time, Ray. Uh, 11 and 4, Ohio State, 12 and 3, Wisconsin. Guys, I'm going to save my pick for last on this one. Uh, Raymond, give me yours. All right, Wes, so I'll say Wisconsin. Very intriguing matchup, I have to say. Um, I, as I expect for the Big Ten with basketball, going to be very physical, yeah. very close. But I think Ohio State will pull out being um, the home team, I believe. So Ohio State would be the small winner in this one. Not by a ton of points, but like three or four. Go ahead, Christian. Yeah, this is uh, like uh, Raymond said. I'm sure it'll be a physical game, low-scoring game. It's kind of like they're, it's kind of like football. They that's how they play in basketball. Um, this is a toss-up because Wisconsin's had a, had some bad losses this year as well as Ohio State. Uh, both ranked. This is a top 15 game. So it will be exciting. Uh, another one of those toss-up games for me. I think I have to go with Wisconsin. I just think the Badgers uh, have the edge at home. And I think they'll get the win today. Yeah, I want to make amends. Uh, Ohio State's at Wisconsin. So I think Ohio State would pull away yeah. at their house. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. You're good, man. Uh, all right, Nathan, what about you, man? All right, so 
this game right here, uh, I mean, Wes, I got to give it to you. You finally picked some good ones, buddy. <laughs> uh, and even though you're saving your pick for last, I, I think I know who you're going to go with. So I want, I just want to see if I got this. But look, look at looking at just the the last game they had. You know, Ohio State lost to Purdue by two, and uh, Wisconsin pulled off the victory against Northwestern by a lot. Uh, you know what? G- give me give me Wisconsin in this game. Uh, I, I don't see the Buckeyes pulling this one off. Give me uh, yeah, give me Wisconsin in this. All right. Well, all right, John, get after it, buddy. Uh, you know, like y'all talked about, you know, it is a good rivalry in college basketball, and uh, Wisconsin is a tough place to play at. Both teams are about even on the assist margin, where one team averages 13, one averages 12 assists a game. So they're about even. They both like to share the ball. Ohio State does have that big win over Illinois like a few weeks ago. But um, I think Wisconsin's just too tough at home. Ohio State does have – Pretty much, maybe one of the top players in the Big Ten, but I think Wisconsin's too tough at home. All right, yeah, and Brandon's I, I at think, Ohio State. Do what uh, Brandon did. Brandon, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think this is going to be a great game. Uh, like we've all alluded to, and I was that was going to be my number one point too. How physical this game is going to be. I love Big Ten football because of how physical it is. I love Big Ten basketball because of how physical it is. Um, this is going to be an exciting game. Wisconsin, as we know, is very, very good. So is Ohio State. These two teams are very even, as we've all talked about. But give me Ohio State to get the upset today uh, at Wisconsin uh, and pull the upset on the Badgers. And I Shocker. think that's where Nathan was alluded to, <laughs> that he knew I was going to take Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, I hey, y'all see yeah, go ahead and point at me. That's fine. Do y'all see, like, a low-scoring game, like a 50 50- – in, those, in yeah. the 50s and 60s, because that's how those two teams. Yeah, they played two two teams are evenly matched and they play well defensively. You know, that's what it's going to be a good know. defensive game, low scoring, not a lot of threes. Mostly, it's going to be a lot of driving into the into the lane. And 25 to 19 at halftime. <laughs> yeah, I I see like a uh, 68 to 56 59. type game, something like that. All right, John, uh, what you got on your list? Oh, man. So, I'm go- so you're going to go to me next, huh? Okay. Yeah, buddy. Oh, wow. So we got first game we got is SMU travels to Orlando, Florida and plays the UCF Knights in a huge American conference standing matchup between both teams. Uh, UCF, as we know, guys, they always tough place at home in Orlando. Um, SMU, you know, it had a lot of postponements because of COVID issues. Knock on, like, for example, knock on wood, Memphis has to play them back-to-back in a two-day span in a couple of weeks for next week. Um, SMU is favored by three and a half on the tough place to play at. Uh, SMU is averaging 36 rebounds a game, where UCF is averaging 29 rebounds a game. But my gut thinks UCF will pull this one off at home just because I like their coaching staff a little bit better because it's been a veteran staff in the college basketball for a long time. Their coach used to be at Stanford. Yeah. If y'all remember right. Yep. Um, SMU is seven and two. Uh, UCF's three and five. SMU comes into this game a four point favorite. I think SMU's the better basketball team. Uh, give me SMU to win this game by close to 20 points today. Wow. Wow. 
Well, give me SMU as well. Um, the SMU is a uh, better team on paper. Uh, the uh, and also the better seem to agree with that. So give me SMU by ten or fifteen on that one. Yeah, I, I'm going with the ponies in this one. I think uh, SMU's just the better basketball team. That's plain and simple. I mean, and yeah, it is on the road at UCF, but it's not football, so it's going to be it's going to be a home court advantage. But I don't think that home court advantage is going to be enough to get the win for the for the Knights here. And by the way, Brandon did pick SMU guys. By the way, um, who's next? Is it Nathan? Yeah, uh, yeah. This is too easy. Give me SMU. Mm-hmm. So that's everybody, right, guys? That is everyone, yep. Okay, cool. Next game, we got a decent Patriot or Patriot League game. And, um, you know, the arm thing, you know, people think the rivalry game in football, but they are definitely two rivalries in football or basketball. Uh, Army travels to Navy. Army's wow. eight and three, Navy's nine and one. Um, decent basketball game between the two militaries. So you got to support both teams. And um, West has Army over Navy. And then who wants to go next? I'll take on that. So um, when I look at them on paper, they are very similar. uh, But give me Navy on this one. Because of their being at home and everyone there. So give me Navy on this one. Is it our army up there in Philly? Uh, in West Point. In West Point. Oh, no, that's West Point. I don't know what. Navy's uh, in Annapolis, Maryland. You're, you're thinking of where they usually play their games. In, uh, well, that's where they play their football. games, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for football. Um, Yeah, this – I'm looking at these two teams here, and this could – this will be a good game. I mean, you don't typically think of the Naval Academies as a uh, – as a basketball school, but here they are, nine and one. You got Army at eight and three. Ooh. Navy is at home. Uh, I, I would be curious to see how the rivalry is in basketball compared to football. I'm sure it's night and day, but don't get me wrong. I bet each team wants to win just as almost just as bad in basketball as they do in football. Um. Navy, with them being at home, they are a slight favorite. Um, I've been picking the home team a lot, but uh, give me the uh, give me an army in this one. I think they're going to get the upset, the road win. I think they're going to win. Nathan, all right. So now here's the thing about this game: uh, two good teams. I love watching this game, even football. Basketball is fun to watch, too. Uh, you know, my my wife's family, it's all Army. Their uh, father-in-law, he's Army. My two brother-in-laws, Tristan and Gage, both Army. And uh, and my other brother-in-law, Dalton, he's the only Air Force. So, <laughs> there's no Navy over here. So, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Army all the way, dude. Go Army. Um, 
Yeah, that's you know it is a tough game to choose between two great teams and two service academies. I got friends in the Army, I got friends in the Navy, and I got friends in the Air Force guys. So I have to go for all three, but uh, and sports wise anyway. But um, yeah, I won't take like y'all said. Navy is a tough the place to play at, no matter what sport it is. Which I wish, kind of wish, all teams would stick to one conference, but that's just me. But uh, yeah, I won't take Navy at home. So that's everybody, right? Yeah. So we got West. So next game we got guys Georgia Tech, who has played some decent ball of late, traveling to Virginia, and West has Virginia, and West says they're one of the hottest teams in the country right now in Virginia. But hey, guys, Virginia just showed how well they play defense against Clemson last week. Uh, Georgia Tech does have some decent wins under their belt, like we talked about. They do have a win over North Carolina, which oh, Josh Passner, no matter what, people say he might lose to the baddest, worst teams to start off. But, hey, same thing like he did at Memphis. He beat Louisville all those many years. He's always done so well at a decent program and got some good wins under his belt. And hopefully – Georgia Tech can make some noise in the ACC this year and make the NCAA tournament, just for Josh Pastor's sake. Um, I'm going to go with Georgia Tech at Virginia. I'm going to pull the upset and pick Georgia Tech. I think Josh Pastor, like as I said, he does have some upsets every year. So I'm going to pick Georgia Tech at Virginia. Wes? Uh, give me uh, – while I do agree, Josh Pastor does get some nice wins every year. I think this particular season – uh, did he not beat Kentucky this year, John? Yeah, he yeah he beat Kentucky after that slow start from zero and two on the year by losing to Georgia State Mercer, but he did get like you said he got some good wins. He had like uh, like a five game winning streak at one time, and that's when COVID really hit the program. But yeah, they did beat Kentucky. Yeah, I I think that's his big win for this year. I I don't <laughs> I think Virginia is one of the toughest teams, one of the best teams in the country. And uh, for rightfully so. I mean, are they not the defending national champions? Yeah, they are. I mean, I, I I think they're a team that nobody's really talking about, nobody's really thinking about. I believe they come into this game ranked 13th in the country. Uh, give me Virginia to win this game. I think it may be close. I think Pastor's team's going to play well, but give me Virginia to get the win today. Yeah, too much to ask, I think, for Georgia Tech to go on the road and beat Virginia. I just don't. I don't see that happening. Uh, like you said, Wes, even though Kentucky's having a down year, that's that's still a big win, especially if you can go you can go to Rupp Arena and beat Kentucky. Well, the game uh, was so, in Atlanta, but still, but yeah, still. Good. Oh, well, yeah, that changes Talk things, good. but it's still a big <laughs> it's still a big win. When hey, um, whenever you beat your successor that you basically coached with, it's always a good win. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Uh, and it was actually a pretty handle. I mean, they handled them pretty well. So, yeah, I like the Cavaliers at home in this one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be a tall order for Georgia Tech uh, to ask to be go in there and beat Virginia at home at, when um, when they're when they have only two losses at non-conference. So, Virginia is going to keep the streak going. I have Virginia in this one too. All right, go ahead, Dave. So, no. Now, who's this playing? I'm sorry. Georgia Virginia, Tech and Virginia. And Georgia, and Georgia Tech. 
Oh yeah, give give me uh, give me Georgia Tech on this one. That good job, Nathan. Good okay, pick. Okay, nice. All right. Uh, is that that's all three of yours, isn't it, John? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, Raymond, we'll move over to you. Man. All right. Sounds good. So first up, I have here, uh, get, good game on Fox. Uh, big East action, two o'clock Eastern, one o'clock. 130 Central. We have the Providence Friars facing number three Villanova. Villanova has has, um, has some games postponed because of their COVID situation, but I think that they are going to be back on the right foot. So I have Villanova in this one at home in the Pavilion, and they are 11 point favorites. So I hope uh, and I believe that's going to hold true uh, to Villanova today. All right, uh, give me Villanova as well. I think Villanova is still a good basketball team. Uh, I always kind of enjoy watching Providence play. Uh, I mean, they 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 seem to be kind of gritty when they do play. Um, but yeah, give me uh, give me um, uh, yeah, you know, Christian, who, <laughs> who you got, man? Yeah, Villanova is just one of those teams that they have solidified themselves as, in, in my opinion one of the blue bloods in basketball. They're just really competitive and always ranked very high. And here they are sitting number three when it seems like, seems like nobody's really talking about Villanova, but they're number three in the country. So that's a team right there that, uh, like I said, it's early, but that could be one of the teams that uh, could eventually knock off Gonzaga. Uh, but I know that's kind of a early assessment. But give me the Wildcats. I just, you know, they're at home, really good. Uh, they know how to win. That program is – that's a clear and cut basketball school. There's no question about it. Uh, like you said, Wes, Providence is a good, scrappy team. Um, but – to go on the road and beat Villanova, that would be that would be the upset of the day. <laughs> All right, John, what you got, man? Yeah, Villanova's too easy at home. Um, Jay, Jay Wright, no, he's not one of their coaching staff still, is he? I forgot. Jay Wright's still the head coach. Oh, wow. So, guy, he's been there yeah. forever. Yeah, I, I don't see Jay Wright going anywhere. I think he's locked in at, at Villanova. But anyway, long story short, yeah, Villanova – too good at home. Uh, they are 11-point favorites for a reason. The Big East, to me, is just down this year completely um, because anybody can beat anybody on a given night. Look at Providence, the way they beat somebody at home recently. So, But uh, decent coaching Providence. I like the coach. He's done pretty well over there. But, yeah, Villanova, guys. All right. Uh, Nathan? All right. So, the game that uh, John's just talking about is that uh, Providence beat uh, – Crichton, number 10, or number 11, I'm sorry. They beat Crichton at uh, 74-70. Um, man, I, I'd love to to go for the underdog here. I'd love to just, you know, give Providence some credit, just go with them. But, man, Villanova is a tough team this year. I mean, they, they prove it game after game. Uh, so, yeah, I mean – no doubt. Give me Villanova in this. I mean, it's 11, the, the the point spread's so high for a reason. I mean, so yeah, give me give me Villanova in this one. All right. 
Uh, Ray, what you got next, man? Okay, so I got next. Um, how about some Pac-12 action? I have a vil- I have the Oregon Ducks at home against Oregon State, uh, basketball version of the Civil War, quote unquote, and um, good rivalry game. Oregon's favored by nine, but I have I also I have the Ducks in this one because they're at home, and um, it'd be nice to get get a win over their rival, their first win this year in basketball. So. You picked Oregon State? Nope, I picked Oregon. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. Give me Oregon as well. Uh, I think Oregon's one of the uh, is a really good basketball team. Uh, I enjoy those Pac-12 matchups, um, very similar to football. I, I enjoy my football as well. Uh, obviously, the cream of the crop right now in the Pac-12 is UCLA. Uh, they're a great basketball team. Um, but yeah, give me Oregon as well. Christian, who you got, man? Yeah, I, I'm going with the Ducks here. Um, but Oregon State, I feel like, is going to give give Oregon a really good game. Um, it's the Civil War. It's it's a uh, it's one of those underrated rivalries in in sports. People don't give it the credit it deserves, but it is it is a uh, big time rivalry in my eyes. Uh, I think the Ducks will will win, but it'll be like a five point game, something something like that. All right, Nathan, who you got? All right, so this this it's gonna be big right here. All right, so looking at the stats and everything for this game, I mean, it, it's a good rivalry game, and uh, so I'm just gonna go ahead and do this. I pick an Oregon State. They're on a two game winning streak. I think they're going to continue that win streak. I think they're going to beat Oregon. They got them in football. They're going to get them in basketball. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Could be. All right, Raymond, who you got next, man? Okay, so I, one last game I have. I have the number one team in the nation, Gonzaga, facing Pacific. Pacific is a mid-major school. Um, I think Pacific can um, can really entertain them, but I think – I really believe Gonzaga is going to be a huge – um, winning this one, they're a 26-point favorite. Pacific can give them a good game, but um, Gonzaga only will win this game. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, also, on that on that last game, um, John picked uh, John took Oregon in, in in your last game, and also uh, Brandon took Oregon as well. All right. um, John and Brandon both took Oregon, so we're good there. Uh, yeah, when you look at Gonzaga, they're the best team in the country. I don't think anyone in the country would have, would argue that point. Um, offensively, they are vicious. Uh, they uh, they are prolific. They score at a high level. They take high level shots. Uh, Mark Few is one of my favorite coaches ever. Uh, just looking, <coughs> excuse me, just looking at the job he's done there and his longevity there uh, is just second to none. Uh, to me, yeah, give me Gonzaga big by maybe even 30. John, what about you, man? Real quick, did everybody pick Oregon? Yes. No. 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 Nathan picked Oregon Nathan State. Oregon State, State, baby. Give me hey, the you got to believe in the, you gotta believe in the losses. Come on now. No, okay. <laughs> hey, Two-game two win streak, buddy. Two-game win streak. It's going to continue. All right. Gonzaga, All right, so who you got, John? Gonzaga and Pacific. Oh my gosh, where do we start with that one now? Doug is 26 point favorites. 
Uh, first of all, Brandon's got his lock of the week. No, I'm kidding. Brandon does have Pacific to go into Gonzaga and beat Gonzaga, by the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, he's got to get some David Stoudemire some credit, I guess. The former Memphis assistant basketball coach and uh, NBA background, David Stoudemire. But anyway, uh, yeah, Gonzaga guys, too good this year. Final four pick already locked, probably, for Gonzaga. But, yeah, definitely Gonzaga at home for me. All right, what about you, Nick? I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what Brandon knows that we don't <laughs> on this game. Uh, you know what? Gonzaga's 14-0 right now, dude. I mean, they're just – Almost like they're unbeatable. And Pacific coming in at five and two. Man, I, I just don't know if I could. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't. I just, I just can't. I can't. Can't do it. Can't do it. Give me Gonzaga on this one. I'd love to. I'd love to pit, to go Pacific, but I don't. I don't think uh, uh, Pacific is the team that, that's going to beat. That's going to end that little undefeated season for Gonzaga. Be David honest, Stoudemire. it'd be the upset of yeah. the decade in basketball. It would be the David. best thing ever. Like if there was fans at <laughs> there, they would literally come all. I mean, it would it would be awesome. Yeah. Well, so real right. quick regarding that, real, real quick regarding that game, real quick. Y'all think that conference is a down this year with all them? Because the only decent team I really see is Gonzaga. San Francisco plays decent at times, and then but like we talked about with Pacific, Damian Stoudemire has done a pretty good job there. But to me, this year, that conference is way down. It's pretty much Saint always Mary's. been Gonzaga. Well, St. Mary's has always had a decent program. But this Saint year, Mary's, this is probably – St. Mary's, this is probably their worst season in probably a decade. Yeah. Yeah, I think that conference is, is really ran by Gonzaga, as we all know. Uh, yeah, I mean, St. Mary's has had a good team uh, here recently uh, and some others out there as well. Yeah, Damon Stoudemire does have, has done a very nice job at Pacific. Uh, Christian, let's get to your games, man. What you got next? Raymond's got uh, Gonzaga. I got Gonzaga, by the way. Yep. Oh, yeah. um, my games, I'll start with Oklahoma and Kansas in the Big 12. Um, Do we have to? Why? What's wrong with, <laughs> what's wrong with that game, John? You don't like Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. I'll have to remember that. Yeah, it's okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Jayhawks – they're still a solid team sitting at 10 and four number nine in the country. Um, they've shown some vulnerability this year though. They do have four losses on the year. Uh, Oklahoma and Kansas in their first matchup, Oklahoma lost by four on the road at Kansas or I, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So I, the law of averages, I think Oklahoma is going to get the win today at home. And wow. upset the number nine Jayhawks. That's my uh, that's my upset of the day. All right, that's definitely an upset. Um, give me Kansas to win this game. Uh, I think the first game this year that yeah, as you alluded to, they won by four. Uh, I think they win this game by twelve today. Give me Kansas. What about you, Ray? All right, so Kansas Oklahoma, very good game, but I'm smelling a sooner upset. Mm, wow. There we go. <laughs> At home against the number nine team in the nation, Kansas. And the stats are a little good on paper, but uh, very similar on paper. But I think Oklahoma is going uh, 
going to be Bedlam when they, when the final buzzer sounds and they are on top. All righty. Uh, what about you, Nathan? I mean, look, they've already faced off already this year, and Kansas beat them by what seems to be 63 to 59. And then you got to look at, you know, who was the last team to beat Kansas was Baylor. I mean, nobody can doubt Baylor this year. Baylor's a tough team, too. They're a top contender. But, I mean, they, I, I can't I can't do it. I can't do it. Give me give me the Jayhawks right here. I mean, I, I feel like uh, I feel like they're going to wake up off that loss against Baylor, and they'll they'll make a statement today against Oklahoma. Another thing to note, and another reason I picked Oklahoma is their best player and leading scorer is Austin Reeves from a very small town in Arkansas called Newark, Arkansas, and I've never heard of it until now. Hmm. It's a Just, very small town. It's got to be like very small because it's I've never heard of small. it. Yeah. Cool story. Cool story. <laughs> All right, what you got next? <laughs> hey, I haven't gone yet. All right, imagine oh, this. Go ahead. It's like, it's oh, like oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Hill. Imagine John. him being from Fountain Hill. Yeah, and being the leading scorer on Oklahoma. I mean, that's that's the way I see it. <laughs> but yeah, Major. Brandon's also Brandon's also got Kansas, although he hates Kansas with a passion. Um. But he's got Kansas. Um, yeah, they're about even, like y'all said. Uh, Oklahoma averages 15 assists a game. Kansas averages about 13 assists a game. Uh, I got family watching, guys. So, I've been to a few Kansas basketball games with them. So, if I ever want to go back to Kansas and watch a basketball game there, I got to pick Kansas. Okay, but wait. I, I just want to ask <laughs> something right quick. Christian, Christian, that uh, the guard you were talking about, I got to ask this. Is he better than Trey Young? No, Ooh. no. All right, then. I'm going to Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what but, you got hey, next, Christian? Real quick, if y'all ever want to go see a Kansas basketball game, it's definitely on your bucket list because you got 16,000 fans pretty much standing pretty much the whole ball, ball game. Well, yeah. well, look, look, look. I'll, I'll, say this about, I'll say this about real quick. Uh, Rossville, Coach White, she played college basketball at Kansas. For the uh, for the women's team, hmm. she was and she was she was really good too. So, right, interesting there. And another interesting game in the ACC: the five and four Duke Blue Devils taking on the Louisville Cardinals. Um, you know, Duke for the first time in how long that I can remember is unranked. Uh, Louisville is also unranked. Sitting at nine and three, but uh, this isn't the typical Duke team. I I think that this has the the potential for an upset, but Louisville is uh, very very tough to beat at home. I mean, I'd argue it's one of the toughest places to win. Um. Uh, so with that being said. You know, it's hard to pick, you know, Coach K, he's going to have a tough time winning on the road today. I got the Louisville Cardinals. All right. Uh, give me that. I think this is going to be a good matchup. Uh, like you said, this is the first time I think I've ever seen Duke not ranked. But give me Duke to get the win today at Louisville. Um, I think it'll uh, I think it'll be a big win. Uh, also, John and Brandon both took Louisville in this game as well. Uh, Raymond, what about you, man? 
Um, give me Duke in this one too. Um, I know Coach, I know Coach K is going to go into a hostile environment with Louisville in terms of um, the crowd with the with Louisville being at home, but uh, give me Duke in this one. All right, Nathan. I mean, you got the Duke Blue Devils and Louisville. Both are on a two-game losing streak right now. Uh, mm. And you know, Louisville. The, the thing about I, I, you know, Louisville is a tough team. And I remember watching Louisville against Memphis Tigers. Always a great game to watch. And Duke, you know, this is the first season I've I've noticed Duke's not ranked. North Carolina's mm-hmm. not ranked. All these powerhouse Kentucky. schools, Kentucky. Yeah. You know, all these powerhouse schools That's the are th- not up there anymore. Three blue blood. Like, I, if I had to say the three, you know, blue bloods of college basketball, well, yeah. that, they'd be probably my top three. I mean, they're not they're, even they're the, power, the, power, the power three, they're more ranked right now. But Coach K is a great coach. I mean, he, 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 he like I said, he, he's one of the greatest. Uh, but I just, Duke, Duke, Duke ain't, this ain't the Duke Blue Devils that everybody knows. You know that everybody grew up watching and stuff. Uh, so yeah, give me Louisville in this one. All right. What you got next? Another, uh, another matchup I think could be a sneaky good game. Uh, these two teams met earlier in the year. I got Tennessee in Missouri. Uh, the first matchup, <coughs> Missouri lost pretty handedly to the Vols, but I think this time around, the Vols are not the same Vols team we saw uh, when they beat Missouri big. The, Missouri's 9-2, and two, ranked number 19. Tennessee's 10-2, and two, ranked number 6. Tennessee had a surprisingly bad loss against Florida, but I think, you know, Every team just about has had a bad loss this year. So I'm not going to put too much stock into that. It's hard to win at Florida. So, but I, I think this Missouri team is starting to find its find its uh, identity and stride. It's not going to be easy to beat them twice. Tennessee's already beaten them. Uh, especially, it won't be as near as of a blowout as it was the first 20 time. 20 points. Yeah, it won't be like that. Either team won't win that by that much. <clears throat> Missouri, I, I'm smelling the upset on the road today. I like the Tigers. They just play really good defense. So does Tennessee. Both of these teams are really similar. Uh, but I like Missouri all, the second time around. I just don't – I think they're going to be hungry, ready to go, and looking for some payback this time. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I think it's very hard to beat the same team twice, as we all know. Um, but but give me uh, give me Missouri to get the win. Uh, also, John picks Missouri, and Brandon does as well. Um, but yeah, well, that's no me, surprise there. Yeah, no, it's not, <laughs> not at all, especially with Brandon. Um, no, give me give me Missouri as well. Uh, I I agree with John and Brandon as well. Um, I don't. I think that Tennessee loss at Florida. Uh, was a little bigger than people realized. Uh, I think Florida um, found some holes in Tennessee that uh, they definitely um, let a, let everybody around the country know exists. Uh, Raymond, what about you, man? Give me Tigers in this one too. Um, 
it's um, hard to beat us the same team twice, especially when you're in your same division and you have to face them both, face them two times home and away each year. Um, at home against Knoxville, Tennessee will have a good game, but Missouri will ultimately pull out the end. Uh, give me Tigers in this one. All right, Nathan, what about you, man? All right, so if if you look at the SEC rankings right now, you got Alabama, LSU, Tennessee, Missouri. So I feel like uh, this Tennessee-Missouri game is to declare, you know, who's going to get that number three spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Tennessee already pulling off the big win against Missouri earlier in the season by 20 points. Uh, I mean, I, I, Tennessee, I mean, they got blown out by Florida. You know, Florida just <laughs> it, it, it was not fun to watch. It, it, I mean, if you're a Tennessee fan, I know, I know it hurt, you know, because you had, you got big hopes coming off this Tennessee program. Uh, but you know what? Give me Missouri in this one. I think they pull off the upset against Tennessee. I think it's going to be the other way around. I think they're they're going to blow Tennessee out in, in Knoxville. Wes, I don't got Missouri my way. I got the good old Rocky Top. Oh, okay. Here we go. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Somebody had somebody wow. had to do it. Somebody had to do it. <laughs> Wasn't expecting John to do it. All right. Uh, hey, I got family there too. Chris, what you got next, man? Toys. <laughs> Those are my. Oh, is that all? That's all three, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's so. all okay. three. I think. All right, Nathan. Okay. What hey, about hey, you, man? Hey, real, oh, real quick, on. if you guys don't mind me asking, who did y'all have between Duke and Louisville? Louisville. Duke. I picked. I picked Louisville. Duke. Duke. So Raymond, you or Raymond got Duke. Wes got Duke. Everybody else got Louisville. Yeah, I got Louisville at home as well. Duke has been one of the disappointments the last talk. Louisville. They've been, yeah. Oh, yeah. He froze. All right, Nathan, what you got, man? All right, so I got uh, first game, which is at 11 a.m. on Fox. Mm-hmm. It's a big game. Two top 25 teams, number 23, UConn, at number 11, uh, Crichton. Uh, this is going to be a good game, guys. Uh uh, of course, uh, Creighton is uh, favored by eight right now. A uh, little, little update here. Uh, UConn's last game, they coming off a loss against uh, St. John's. And uh, Creighton's coming off a two-game losing streak, one against Butler and one against Providence. And Man, that's going to be... It's going to be a good game. I mean, I, I got... I mean, I got UConn in this one. I I think I think they're going to pull off the upset on. Uh, I think I just I see UConn taking this one. All right, go ahead, man. Well, I see. When you compare to the two teams, they are very similar in numbers. Uh, Seventy-two points a game for UConn, eighty-one points for Creighton. Creighton's at home. Give me the Blue Jays in this one. All right. Uh, give me uh, give me Creighton at home as well. Uh, UConn was a team that I was really excited about preseason, um, being in the Big, big East, uh, back in the Big East. Uh, but give me give me Creighton. Uh, I think Creighton's the better basketball team. I think they'll win this game by probably 15 points today. Yeah, this is the first time in a while I've, I've seen connect, UConn ranked. They're usually a good team, but – they're, they haven't really been very good since Kimba Walker was there. I mean, uh, and they went on that historic run to win the national championship. Uh, but, yeah, Creighton, that is a tough place to play. 
you know, UConn, I'm sure, is going to give them a tough game. Uh, I'll go with the Blue Jays in this one. Uh, yeah, give me the Blue Jays. All right, Raymond? All right, I made my pick. <laughs> All right, Nathan? There you go. Nathan, you're on mute, buddy. Oh, sorry. What did John and Brandon <laughs> pick? Uh, I'm sure they'll both take Creighton in that game. Okay. All right, next game. Uh, another good game coming up. Number 16, Virginia Tech at Syracuse, 11 a.m. Uh, Syracuse is favored by one in this game. Uh, I mean, this is another good game to watch. Uh, but I'm going to take Virginia Tech in this. Uh, I just I just don't see Syracuse pulling, even, even if it's at home. I, I just I, I don't see it. All right, Raymond, go ahead. Well, I do see that Syracuse is favored by one, despite their record. And I know they're at home and everything like that. They have similar numbers. Uh, but Virginia Tech will get the job done on the road. Give me the Hokies. All right. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. Uh, now, I'm, I've always wanted to go see a basketball game in that arena at Syracuse. I think that would be very cool uh, to see just because how massive that arena is. Um, but yeah, give me, give me, give me Virginia Tech. Uh, I think they'll win this game uh, fairly easily today. What about you, Christian? Yeah, normally I would pick Syracuse, but they're just not, they're not the typical Syracuse this year. I mean, they're just a little down. Virginia Tech is a good team. I like them on the road. And I, man, what a what a slate today in the ACC. There's a lot of good games, mm-hmm. and this is just another one of them. It's going to be a fun day of basketball. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, it, today's going to be a really good day of basketball uh, all all across the country uh, in 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 every conference that you look at. It's going to be a very fun day. Uh, Nathan, what you got, man? All right. <clears throat> My final game, LSU at Kentucky. It's 5 p.m. Uh, you got LSU at 10 and 3, Kentucky 4 and 9. Uh, Kentucky's favored on this game uh, by one, one and a half. Uh, I mean, man, it goes back to talking. I mean, Kentucky, this is a Kentucky team that, I mean, we, ain't used, we don't see Kentucky lose. <laughs> we ain't used to seeing them lose. They're on three-game losing streak right now, coming off a loss against Georgia, Auburn, and Bama. LSU just lost against Alabama again. And, you know, and, of course, that was a game to watch too. But, uh, I mean, Kentucky's really got to really gotta show something. I mean, sooner or later, they got to stop this losing streak that they're on right now and pull something up. Uh, but I just – you know what? It was a close game against Georgia. Uh, give me Kentucky in this, man. Really? Really? Yeah. I, I feel like Kentucky's going to – I mean, <laughs> Coach Cal's got to freaking do something with this program. I mean, he's got to turn around somewhere down the road. Yeah. I mean, it, it's got to happen. <laughs> so, he, he needs he needs to pull something out. To I mean, and it's at home. So, uh I, I get when they lost against Georgia, it was at Georgia. And, it, I mean, it, anybody that watched that game, it was a last-second shot. It was a great game to watch. Yeah. But, yeah, give me Kentucky. I think Kentucky's going to pull it off against LSU today. Wow. 
Um, yeah, give me LSU in this game. Uh, I think Kentucky is. Um, I'll be honest with you, it's fun to watch when they're losing. Uh, but give me, yeah. uh, give me LSU. <laughs> I mean, I just think after that game against Alabama and just how bad LSU got beat, they're going to be mad. They're going to be hungry. Uh, and I think a hungry LSU team beats a not very good Kentucky game, uh, a Kentucky team, seven out of ten times. Uh, Ray, what about you, man? Well, lately in the SEC, the conference title have been going to Kentucky for a very good reason. But this year, they're subpar at four and nine, three and three in conference. And LSU is going to be hungry because of their big loss to Bama earlier. And I believe LSU is going to come into Rupp Arena, beat the beat the heck out of Kentucky by about twenty points. Hmm. I would say. So, both of these teams are, are they cannot feel good right now coming off their last loss. Uh, you know, LSU just got completely blown out of the water by Alabama, and Kentucky had a lead against Georgia and completely completely blew that basketball game i mean uh and coach k was clearly upset about that the way that his team lost i do think coach k is sick of the losing i think eventually kentucky is going to some somewhat turn the season around and get squeak into the dance i just have that feeling into the dance into the hmm. into the in March Madness, yeah. You talking about the homeschool dance, or you talking about the NCAA tournament? <laughs> hey, I'm Whoa. talking about the NCAA tournament, man. They're I not think, making it to the NCAA. They're not making NCAA it. tournament. Memphis has a better chance to get in than yeah. Kentucky does. Kentucky I, for Kentucky to make it, they would have to start winning right now and start winning straight. Win the SEC. Guess uh, what? I, I think it starts today, actually. Oh God. <laughs> Look, Christian, wow. just because I picked him, man, doesn't mean like this. Wow. I think it starts yeah, today. I think it oh, gets the wow. win. Come on now. Look, I, no. I, I just want to say, here, here's a quick question about this game, though. This is what I want to ask you. All right. So, Coach Cal at Kentucky right now. This, I mean, this is an awful season for him. So, do you think that the Coach Cal error is – over with? I mean, do you think this is a – No. you don't think oh, so? you think he's going to no. pull something out next year? No. I think Cal stays just because a lot of people this year won't be declaring for the draft of his basketball team because there's really nobody good except for that kid that left the program through the personal reasons or whatever. I mean, I think Cal stays strictly because he's Cal. I mean, let's 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 be honest about it. The man can recruit and the man can coach. And the man has wins to back up both of those statements that I just made. Uh, he, he's got he's got national championships. Uh, I mean, yes, he also has three teams he's put on probation or two teams, whatever it is. But anyway, yeah, Cal stays because he's Cal. I mean, I don't think Cal's going anywhere. I think Cal could honestly sign a lifetime contract at the University of Kentucky, and he would be happy, and so would the university. You know, guys, I'm just going to go with LSU because I uh... – they're at home, I guess, right? No. Uh, no, Kentucky's no, at home. On the road. No, I'm, I'm, no, I'm still taking LSU. I like the money head basketball well, coach. John, John, who do <laughs> you got? Who, yeah, but John, who you got for the Virginia Tech-Syracuse game and the UConn Virginia, game? Virginia Tech-Syracuse game, I got good old Syracuse. I think 
Syracuse is going to be good at home for that one. What about UConn, Crichton? UConn. I think, you know, UConn, to be honest with you. You're picking just shock after shock after shock. You might as well pick Pacific <laughs> to beat. I mean, you might as well pick the Jets. Well, I didn't pick Pacific. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you trying to tell me I should pick the Jets again, Wes? Are you? Are you, are you... No. No, I'm not. <laughs> All right. No, um, what, hey, hey, hang on a second real quick. Wes, Wes Brendan picked UConn. Uh, LSU and Syracuse, but I th- like I said, you know Syracuse though, you know in a Carrier Dome, it's a basketball and a football arena. Yeah. So yeah. pretty much, you know, just it's a tough one there. But I guess there he is. If you guys don't mind me asking, real quick, who did y'all pick between those games? While well, we got like one minute to spare. Hey, oh, wait a minute. One? Who's this? Ma- who's this little masked Avenger over here with the little mask on his face? That's my Philly <laughs> buddy, Aaron Smith. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everyone? That's the Philly connection up there, man. That's what that yep. is. You're supposed, be at, you're supposed to be at work. That's the Philly special, as, as yes. the Philadelphia Eagle fans like to say. Is that, is that, is that the Philadelphia next head coach? No, uh, yes. no, 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 no. We're going to go undefeated and win the Super Bowl three times, I promise you. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Calm down, Brett Bielema. You're making some big, wait now. Whoa, some, some whoa, big, whoa. big expectations there. All right, wait a minute. Did y'all get Belichick? <laughs> no, we got me. <laughs> well, thank you, uh, Aaron, for joining the show with us. Uh, we're Where's getting ready to from? start talking about. Huh? Where's he live from? Work? I, I guess work. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in the church office here. Um, Ray probably recognizes it. We're going to bring on a hey. guy by the name of Andrew Griffey. A uh, guy that I've known, John and I have known for a very, very, very long time. Uh, he is, is a big University of Tennessee fan. Uh, and so we are going to uh, bring Andrew on now to discuss what is going on in Knoxville. Looks like uh, he's Andrew at a beach. Griffey. Yeah, he does. He looks like he's at a beach. I don't think he is. I think that's just a background. Um, <laughs> I think, I think, he might have got some of that money. He might, he might got some of that money over there. <laughs> He's fishing. I could use the money. <laughs> uh, Andrew, buddy, it's been a long time, man. Glad to see you. Thank you very much for being on the show with John and I today and everybody else for that matter. Uh, so uh, give me your uh, Big Mac story of what's going on in Knoxville. So uh, the way the way I've seen it is, you know, Pruitt got the job a couple years ago based off his – being a defensive coordinator at Alabama and his history with Alabama. Friends of mine, you know, his first head coaching job, no real head coaching experience. And (laughs) touche, yeah, down in Hoover, down in high school. Um, But um, I think the job, he did great. It seemed like he was doing great recruiting, but long story short, you you can do great recruiting when you're handing out Happy Meals to everybody with a (laughs) With a with a super sized <laughs> toy, toy in the toy box, so um, we should we should have known when Eric Gray was committed to Michigan for a while, and then all of a sudden the week of National Signing Day, all of a sudden Pruitt gets a job and he flips. That 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 should have been a, a warning sign up front. I completely agree, uh, Andrew. Um, man, when you look at Tennessee, um, I just. I mean, I have to laugh. I mean, let's just go back to this press conference that took place last week 
where they were announcing the Jeremy Pruitt uh, um, being canned, uh, just to put it lightly. Uh, they were they were telling him to exit door left. But if you are Philip Fulmer, and of course you're going out the door too. And I mean, I my personal opinion is they knew then what exactly was going on, you know, what the next plan was. But if you're Philip Fulmer, how can you in a press conference go, well, recruiting's been good when you've got the NCAA coming at you for recruiting violations? I, I mean – that's he has what to you say want that. your athletic director to Legend. say during a press conference? Well, see, old Phil, he knows the old recruiting game. You know, he was they've been doing this forever. So clearly he was probably handing out happy meals back in the day. You know, if y'all don't remember the story with Arian Foster a few years ago when he was yes. claiming, you know, some of his years in Knoxville, he wasn't able to eat dinner at night. So he had to have coaches bring him food. I just find that hard to believe. So the whole thing, I think the, you should have known when they started the investigation, it came out during the week of the Texas A&M game. You know, they mm -hmm. held Eric Gray out, you know, some, some coaches had COVID um, that were involved in the investigation. So my thing is, is when the university hires a search firm, not the NCAA, but the university hires their own start start digging. Um, that's when Pruitt knew his time it was it was time to go. And I think when you're when you're former, Pruitt was your first hire, and you got to stick to your guns. So your job is on the line when his job is on the line. So I think he saw the writing on the wall that hey, I got to stick to I got to stick to my guns the same way Ole Miss backed Hugh Freeze when all their allegations came out. You got to stick behind your guy no matter what. So I think that's what that's what Fulmer was doing. He knew he knew he was done. He was just doing the putting the good old I'm back in my coach talk. Well, look, I, I just want to say this right quick. You got to give Fulmer some credit though. If, if anybody has heard about his contract, it's airtight, dude. That is an airtight contract that he that he has. When so when they let him go, he made sure they were going to pay him some money to get out. So I mean. And, and, Absolutely. And, com and coming from a Bama fan, you know, playing Philip Former, I mean, he's a great coach. Don't get me wrong. He's a he's a tough coach to beat sometimes. But, you know, after this whole thing, and, and I, now I heard, now I don't know how true this is, but one of the commit one of the co uh commits actually flipped and went to Georgia and he's the one that actually said something about it. Uh about what happened over there. So, but I mean, but you got to give Philip Fulmer credit because for them to get rid of him, his contract was airtight to where he, he basically pulled off a Gus Malzone. He walked away with yep. millions. So, well, and I think, and I think the Fulmer contract thing, I think if Fulmer wouldn't have been, a, wouldn't a player there, wouldn't have been a GA there, assistant coach there, won a national championship there, I don't think they would have found a way to stick to that commitment, to be honest with you. I think if it was any other AD and he's overseeing the coach that, that's basically got calls, I think that it would he wouldn't they wouldn't to the contract like it is. I think his history with the university and winning the national championship and all that stuff had something more to do with it as well. And I, look, and I want to add this too: the new athletic director that Tennessee just got, mm -hmm. Dan, mm -hmm. Danny White, great yeah. hire. Yep. Great hire, probably the best one they could have hired. 
And now there's rumor sourcing around that Danny White is considering Kevin Steele as for the head coaching job at Tennessee now. That was my very next point, Nathan. You know, like you said, uh, my question is, Andrew, you know, I told you this in a text message the other day. My point of view is I think they probably already hired Danny White right after that press conference. And they really just wanted to wait a few days to actually make that announcement, you know, regarding him being the new athletic director, just because you got to give it a few days and say, hey, you're actually looking for somebody when you're really not. But that's just my honest opinion regarding Danny White. But look, Danny White's got some, you know, good history in his family, you know, in the athletic department. You know, his older brother, I think, is the athletic director at Florida Atlantic. His brother is the basketball coach at Florida. His dad is retiring this year at Duke University, which to me, David Cook wants to retire, but that's a different story. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then his sister on top of that is the assistant athletic director at SMU. So they definitely have had some good history at, you know, in that Danny White family. You know, like Nathan, you made a great point. I think personally, that's probably the best hire they could have gotten as an athletic director. Look how UCF got turned around in so many years under um they won a national championship remember guys but uh oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh i missed that but uh yeah but what uh, time did that game start because i must have missed that one but yeah <laughs> but look how danny white did a good program in ucf and i think danny white to be honest with you uh i've seen his tweets and uh interaction with players on social media and you gotta love that you gotta have that athletic director player relationship as well and that's a good hire in Tennessee. But my question is, though, regarding the coaching search, which I'm, we can talk all about our who you think might be getting the coaching job in a minute. But, Adrian, have you been hearing anything about they're going to next the next football coach is going to get anywhere from up to seven million dollars a year in a, on a contract? I would be I would be shocked if it's that much. Now I will say the. The, the Tennessee did hire a new chancellor this past year. And I don't know if y'all have seen any of the press conferences, but she was the one, the blonde haired lady that was leading the press conference. And she's, she's basically got the okay from the boosters. Hey, we're going to back up the brink truck because it was not a cheap hire to get Danny White from UCF. I mean, yeah. I think he had, he had something like a two, maybe two and a half million dollar buyout from UCF when he bolted. So they're having the Tennessee's paying that buyout in addition to the contract that they're going to pay him. But I think it, I'm like, yo, I think it's a good hire. It's an outside the box hire. It's not, it's not the good old boy hire that seems like all the athletic directors have done lately, especially, you know, older, have all these connections. This is a younger guy, thinks outside the box. And to be honest, I think that's what this program and this university needs right now. And uh, I, I just, I, I want to say something about Danny White right quick. Danny White was also, uh, and the guy that, uh, is at my work he's one of our he's like our shop foreman or something like that uh he played football at Ole Miss and mm. I believe he played football underneath Hugh Freeze and mm. he he told me Danny White actually was a assistant athletic director yep. or something like assistant that at Ole Miss. Yep. so you know and he's even said Danny White was the best hire for Tennessee at, at athletic director he knows he knows his stuff and I mean, he, he's going to hire what's best for Tennessee. He's going to bring in a good coach for Tennessee, whether it be Kevin Steele or 
I always thought it was going to be Hugh Freeze for crying out loud because right. you know that's that was Hugh Freeze's dream job was to coach at University of Tennessee, but the SEC is not going to let Hugh in back into the SEC anytime soon. I don't believe. Otherwise, Alabama would have had him already. But uh, <laughs> I think that uh, I think that when they brought in Kevin Steele, um, and, and I talked about it last week on the show, they announced about three weeks weeks ago they were having a quote hiring freeze so they bring in Kevin Steele as a defensive assistant and then they have another offensive coach that they're going to hire but oh just kidding we can't hire you we're in a hiring freeze I just found that all to be very odd very peculiar and it's been well documented that Kevin Steele was going to be the head coach before they hired Jeremy Pruitt so and, yep. and yeah, I mean, so in that whole fiasco from 2016, but <laughs> or 2017, whatever it was, but when you look at Kevin Steele, because in my opinion, he's the next head coach, they've given him the interim tag. You might mm-hmm. as well take that off, let him have the reins and go. Let me ask you this, Andrew, as a big UT football or fan in general, do you like the hire of Kevin Steele? Well, I think it was all headed the direction for Kevin Steele to be the guy until they made this AD hire. Because they came out and said, I guess it was yesterday during the AD press conference, you know, questions firing at the the chancellor. And they were like, you know, what's going on? She says, I'm no longer involved in this football head coaching search. It is Danny's job. Once he finds his guy, he's going to relay the information to me. So I think it was headed that direction. And I think it was mainly done that to try to save the players from hitting the portal and try to keep the recruiting class together. And I think if, if Fulmer was going to stick around or if they would have had another AD as far as not Danny White, somebody young, somebody older, like John Gilbert, who's at ECU, who had been on staff at Alabama and worked with Dave Hart, who they thought the direction they were going to go in, then I, I would imagine still would probably be the head coach, you know, wipe off the interim tag, let him build his staff. But I think Danny White, is probably going to go out and try to find his own guy. And I think they're going to try to find a way to, I don't know if they're going to let Steele kind of convince him to probably stay on staff, you know, to, to help be that liaison from the players to the new coach or whatever. But it was headed that direction, I believe, um, until Danny White got the job. And you said you had a question? Um, yeah, so Andrew, um so I was also thinking, so I'm an Arkansas fan, and I'm, I'm beginning to wonder, I was wondering if you were feeling this too. So like over time, you know, it's like over years and years and years of not being successful. Um, it's like we get a, a coach after a coach after a coach after a coach. And then as a fan, were you ever all like, okay, so we've tried all these coaches. Now we have to start making changes beyond that. So like, right. you know, like getting rid of the athletic director, this, that, and the other. And, and it's like, it's the same with what happened with Arkansas a few years ago. So it's like all these coaches didn't work. Brad Bielema didn't work. So so finally we we get rid of, um, what's his name? Of Jeff, uh, what's his name? He's over at Kansas now, the athletic director. And um, Jeff Long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we get rid of him. And we bring in so, and then there's this committee that hires this other coach. 
here, here, that, that was my issue there, though. Don't never let a committee pick a coach. <laughs> individual athletic director do that. But um, you mean Chad Morris didn't work out? No, he did not. No, he did not. <laughs> um, but, um, but That's yes, the best heart uh, I could have got. Because I feel, I feel like our um, institutions, like in the recent history, have been similar, you know, like pretty equal when it comes. I mean, now, don't get me wrong, Tennessee's never done the four game, only winning four games in two years business. But besides that, you know, um, we've kind of been pretty equal. Um, but my, the, where I'm getting at here is were you as a fan just kind of like starting to think, okay, it's time to make some changes beyond the coaching? Yeah. And I think the funny thing is I think I was headed in that direction because I've basically grown up a Tennessee fan my whole life. First game I went to in Knoxville, I was five years old. It was me and my dad. We drove up to Knoxville. So I've been hooked ever since I was little. And mm-hmm. as I was, as I was growing older, all I've known was Tennessee football being successful. So Fulmer's last year, when we lost to Wyoming, had like five wins. Um, that was unusual territory for me. Mm-hmm. And so since Fulmer got fired, Kiffin all the way up today, Kiffin had a winning season, sprinkling a few winning seasons with Butch. Um, Dooley was okay, but it was nothing exciting. Yeah, you just kind of – we're at the point where, like you said, you just kind of had to clean house. And I think this, the chancellor being replaced last year, Fulmer finally getting out of here, because even the AD, even Curry, who was here before, before um, Fulmer was – he even had ties to Tennessee as I think associate AD back in the day. So it's nice. And it's a nice breath of fresh air to have somebody come in and just, like I said, just totally think outside the box. Let's just try something new and see what direction it goes. Cause what's, yeah. what's been going on lately hadn't been working. So I'm all for trying something new. Yeah. And and Andrew, j- just to yeah. stir pot a little bit. Um, I'm sure you've been missing smoking a cigar once a year. Haven't you? <laughs> um, we got to wait until Saban retires to f- see what that tastes like. So. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I wasn't going to mention it, Aaron, but you know, you went ahead and brought it up. Uh, let yeah. me ask you this, Andrew. And this, Hang on this, a second, Wes. Nathan's got a question real quick. Oh, go ahead, Dad. All right. So, Andrew, I mean, being a diehard Alabama fan, you know, the rivalry between Alabama and Tennessee always been three points. Used to always be three points to decide who wins that game. Yep. Mount Cody. <laughs> Mount Cody. I mean, it, 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 it was it, it was a good game. I mean, uh, and that rival has always been big for Alabama and Tennessee. It's, it's third Saturday in October. Yep. Favorite one from a diehard Alabama fan. I mean, I've grown up to love them, grown up to appreciate this rival. When you come into this next season. And you look at the coach coaches that are possibly being looked at as That's a Tennessee <laughs> fan. No, I, I mean, I mean, because as as an Alabama fan, all of our assistants are leaving. <laughs> we got to right. rebuild the whole coaching staff again. <laughs> but as a Tennessee fan, you come into a to a new season, and you have all these coaches available for you for Danny White to hop, to look at and to hire. Besides Kevin Steele. Who would who would you as a Tennessee fan like to see take that head coaching job? Okay, so I've got a couple conspiracy theories. Okay, so the top five. So the real quick. So the first the first one, full circle, I think it would be hilarious and awesome at the same time if Lane Kiffin would decide to come back. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> just because hold on, just hear me out. We've proven 
He's proven he can score on Alabama. Okay, he knows that he knows that he's burned that man's plane down before he landed. <laughs> if he can get under Nick Saban's skin, it's Hugh Freeze and Lane Kiffin. Yeah. So I would love the shot at Hugh Freeze to come as well, but I just don't see that happening. That's the whole reason I thought that they would take an interim tag on Steele for a year and maybe let. Let Freeze have another year at Liberty, possibly put another year of those demons behind him. Let let Sankey show that, you know, oh, he's doing okay over there. Maybe it's time to let him get back in because we know he's he him and Malzahn are really the only two that could that have really ever, you know, put a chink in that saving armor, so to say. So well, those two, um, word floating around is they're looking at the OC at Clemson, Tony Elliott. He's been on the hot board this morning. Um also, I doubt it's going to happen, but they were also throwing around uh, Campbell at Iowa State. I, he'd be crazy to take this job right now. I would love him, but I have no idea why you would take that job hey, unless, he thinks, unless, he thinks, <laughs> unless he thinks he has ceilinged out at Iowa State, you know, winning nine games last year, making it to the Big 12 champion. You know, he lost to Oklahoma, but he also went on a New Year's Six Bowl in the Fiesta Bowl against Oregon. So I don't know, but this, supposedly, you know, most of the time in these searches, the AD or somebody's leaking information to the media, but come, came out yesterday that Danny White has sealed this thing tight, and he has said he is not leaking anything to anybody, and he's come out, he even came out and said he's going to tell the team in a meeting who the coach is going to be before he even releases anything to the media. Well, look, I, I just want to say this real quick. If Tennessee, let's say Tennessee gets Campbell. Okay, that would be a great hire. I mean, look at what he's done to Iowa State. Sure. Dude. He is an incredible coach. And let me tell you something. To stack it up, and this, I mean, this comes from a Bama fan. If they were to get Tom Herman, offensive coordinator, let Kevin still take over defense, I think that would bring, I think that would bring back the old Tennessee football that everybody, as all Tennessee fans knew about and you know grew up watching. Tom Herman's a great offensive coordinator. I mean, he's a great. Right. He was a great head coach at Texas. Hate to see what happened to him, but if right. Tennessee was to bring him on as offensive coordinator, that would be a one hell of a hire for them on the offensive side. What? See, and I what think about, about that kind of like um, Malzahn. I think his buyout was so much that he's just gonna sit back for a year, possibly just collect his money and regroup, maybe, and just see see how things turn out next year. You know, maybe a year out of the game, and maybe another big job comes along. For another head coaching job or something, I don't know, but that that would be incredible. But I I I just don't see it happening. Well, Andrew, I, I, I can say this. Well, I, I'm sorry, John. Let me just say this real quick. Okay. I can say yeah. this right quick. Uh, from about Lane Kiffin, uh, the like I said, our our shop foreman, he's told me this. You know, played for Ole Miss, big Ole Miss fan, and he will say this. Kiffin, I don't believe, is leaving Ole Miss anytime soon. He's building a squad over there. He just picked up tight end coach off of USC just now. So he just made that hire over there at Ole Miss. He's building a program over there at Ole Miss. Now, I remember when we took him, <laughs> when we hired him, <laughs> and I remember going to Knoxville, <laughs> and I remember the booze that he got over there. And I Absolutely. mean, you got to give it up for Lane Kiffin because this is all he does. Just <laughs> he's. <laughs> nothing phases the man. He, he he takes it in. But if Lane Kiffin was to drop what he's the program he's building over there at Ole Miss for this Tennessee, I I would be shocked. <laughs> yeah. 
Andrew, have you heard Billy Napier or Lincoln Riley? Well, there is no way in hell Lincoln Riley's leaving Oklahoma. <laughs> Let me just put that. Right. If, Thank you for saying that. Thank you. There's no way he's going to Tennessee. If, yeah, exactly. If he's not going to take an NFL job, why in the world would he come to Knoxville? He's got it made in Oklahoma, unless there's some type of something we don't know about and he has a riff and unless just begging like to get out of there. You know? Right, unless he's just finding a reason to get out of there. Um, why, why didn't, why didn't, uh, why didn't Tennessee go after uh, old Urban Meyer before he took that Jacksonville job? <laughs> well, no, what's hilarious, though, you finally say that is – as soon as as soon as Pruitt Pruitt got canned, they announced the Pruitt canning. Urban placed a call to the athletic department, putting in a good word for Herman. Mm. Mm. So I'm not saying that's the direction they go, but it's just funny that you said that because it it is out there that Urban reached yeah. out and said, "Hey, how about, how about Billy though, Billy Napier?" You know that that you was weird to me. I think you I think you would be great. But word on the street is he's had plenty of opportunities to leave, but they said he's just not scared, but scared to take the big job and fail, you mm -hmm. know, which blows my mind because they said he's had been con contacted by many people. They said he met with Auburn, and they just said it didn't go anywhere. So yeah, I don't it's like know. I mean, it's like Clark at UAB. He's scared to make that jump. Right. So I think he's – I mean, I think there's a right job out there for him, and he it may be Tennessee, but – I don't know. I think White said he's a big fan of you know, offense. And, of course, you can tell by Heupel, Heupel and Scott Frost both put up huge numbers at UCF. Oh, jeez. Um, and <laughs> I don't know. I haven't been necessarily blown away by Napier and his offensive numbers at Louisiana, but could prove me wrong. All right, Andrew, I got yeah, my last question. I completely question. agree. I got my last question for Andrew real quick, and then whoever wants to do their last question. Um, real quick, Andrew, you're a Memphis basketball fan also, but uh, I don't see how to exist with you being a Tennessee football Memphis basketball. But we'll talk about that another day. But uh, what do you think about this year's basketball team <laughs> so far under Penny Hardaway, this year in general? Okay. Well, let's clear this up, okay? So <laughs> – John, I, he's been doing this our whole lives since we've known the man. He has well, always been a, I'm, a these guys fan don't, and a Memphis fan. These guys um Okay. So I've grown up being a Tennessee sports fan my whole life, okay? So when I was little, I used to – my mom, uh, my mom, we used to go to Memphis basketball games in the pyramid all the time. Chris Garner was my favorite player when I was younger growing up. I That's always wore numbers. Yeah, always wore number zero before for Chris Garner. Um, I still like Tennessee basketball, but I didn't. It wasn't on TV as much, so I didn't. I didn't get to see it as much. Um, and of course, as I've gotten older, you know, my wife graduated from University of Memphis, so I'm still my my brother. It, you know, ran track through javelin at University of Memphis, so I'm still still support the Tigers. I'm just I'm still waiting for the offense to click. You know, I don't know if it's just too complicated or if they've – word that I've heard is that Penny is trying to run an NBA system that is based off the fourth and fifth read with college players that are having trouble getting through the second read. So I don't know if you just – if he just needs to simplify the offense or what, but, you know, I'm just surprised that it, it hasn't started clicking sooner 
than it has. I completely agree. I completely agree. Uh, mm -hmm. Andrew, thank you very much for joining us for just a quick little 15 minutes to talk about uh, the craziness that is going on on the Hill right now in Knoxville. Um, but thank you very much, man. Longtime friend of John and I, uh, but I know for sure, Aaron, uh, Ray, and Nathan, thanks you very much for being on the show with us as well. Um, Nathan, always good to have you on the show, man. As always, uh, for Ray McKetta, John Sturdivant, Aaron Smith, Kristen Johnson, who is now off the show, Brandon Bumgarner, who is at work right now, everyone at the Four Star Sports Show, once again, Andrew Griffey, Nathan Wilson, thanks for joining us. Guys, we will uh, be back later on today about 3 o'clock to uh, interview Dan Barto and go over the NFL games. But thank you very, very much for watching. Four Star Sports Thanks. Show.